Deep breaths required because it is deep dive time for the mailbag and I'm not sure how to describe the weekend, but it really did have something for everyone, uh, except for maybe a couple more winners. It had was, nothing for me. It was a bit dire at times and uh, we're going to be going through you, a lengthy you process. If the weekend starting on, starting on Saturday morning, it was completely fucked. Yes. And it kept going and it kept going. But welcome to the show, Jack Dickens and Shane Shirley-O. Dicko, uh, Flemington, you had good Mooney Valley. Flemington, how, how would you sum it up? Uh, a bloodbath, a, um, a sequence of poor decisions, um, some bad, like, some stiff rides. Like, when you go back now and look at... Like, he's the greatest of all time, but Damien Oliver's ride in race... Uh, race four. Sub, Subadier race was just, like, awful. They've gone that slow in that race that... It, we should have been with the winner as well as it, but, um, you know, like, genuine sort of... It and the Kira McAvoy ride in race three on Iron Superman, where they have walked as well. Um, sort of set the tone there and then from there on in some bad decisions I think and um, you know, we're going to lose a lot just got to try and win the long term but um, had a huge week and, and ended up just losing girls <laughs> it's been a long couple of soul searching nights here I'm, I'm, on the peninsula I'm looking at Curly and thinking soul searching has probably been done it's come through the other side. And what, what's the general feeling? What's the thought process at the moment on Monday morning? Um, I've had a meme sent to me, uh, which I'll share on the uh, Twitter page. <laughs> um, someone out of the blue sent me this. I should have had been organised. Take a deep breath. It's just a bad day, not a bad life. I yeah, like that. that's... <laughs> yeah, everything that you learn and everything that uh, that you know is rational about you know what we do uh, goes out the window. Your rational brain takes over. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just sort of like keep, and I think this is true that I'm on the right. I've been on the right horses this month. I have no doubt about that. Um, any yeah, horse I, I think if you well, it's been on a, any type of any type of half decent ride, half bit of luck. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. Yeah, normally normally today right now is the first like session of our therapy sessions, but uh, yesterday or oh, Saturday was so tough that Curly and I had one yesterday, and uh, I'd say that like going through my prices, I found. The winners, I could have, but I didn't even get to. I didn't. I, I dogged them. Porsche, Paul Shane's like a step ahead of that. Went better. He backed them, <laughs> but then they were uh, like absolutely slaughtered. It was. I just bet them and don't watch them. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, so I like I found joy in in watching my money just piss away, spray away yesterday. Sort of like it was comical. What happened to his bets on Saturday night? Uh, we're going to roll a few replays across this as Shane sort of just lets it flow. Just let it flow, big guy. We can edit this if we have to. Just gonna, I'm just going to lay back on the couch, shut my eyes, and just let it all out. <laughs> and uh, if we get time at the end, we'll go through some questions. Sam Griffin, just first off the bat, we have not had a couple of goats to loosen up pre-game. Uh, drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning to, on a Monday is probably not well advised before... Well, after what was a pretty rough weekend. But let's start at Flemington. I pounded, a, I pounded a stack of them on Saturday night and I did a bit of... I just... On the tools yesterday, a bit of gardening and that. And then after he had his nap, we went to for a big ride. Then went to the beach, got back, hot, sunburnt, and they were so tasty and just couldn't get enough of them. They, they are the, the nectar of the gods. And I'll probably do it again tonight just to get myself back. Stuff helps me get to sleep when you. Well, yeah. 
Anyway. Deep dive by name, deep dive by nature. Let's start with the Australian Guineas. Uh, was Luna Fox findable? Uh, just make sure we don't forget to go over the, 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 the tour de shit, as you called it, Peter, in Perth. Yeah, that, that's coming up later. I've got the rundown um, here. Well, yeah, I think it was at that price. I've just gone through. So I'll go through a bit of a process. I'm not, I'm not finished it, but I've gone through the races the data point, like the data suck of them. And like Luna Fox ran a bigger figure in the Caulfield Guineas or almost the same figure in the Caulfield Guineas as it's run here. Yep. So, yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah. The trainer of this winner, Paul Prushka, was once guilty of, of jigging horses. And as soon as he wins a big race, that's where like the sort of angry punters go. But this horse has already run this figure. Painfully, I didn't back it that day at Caulfield Guineas. I backed it two starts prior at Mooney Valley when I got beaten by a lot lesser horses than this. Um, I think this horse, it makes sense that this horse won versus its price because they walked. So when they went so slow, they, they, they opened this race up to the lesser horses in this race. And this horse, Mick D., Probably Mick D and Jay Carr in this race gave two of the best rides you'll get in a big race, from in a big field, a bit messy. They had with the best runs. It shits me. We marked it. I marked this horse three hundred seventy dollars, <laughs> but it, it was four fifties on the fair when it jumped. Like fuck, like that. five bucks, on it. five dollars on it. You know, I know there's a bloke on this show who did find it and did have a little bit on it. You sick little man. But um, I was with ASAR, took like 850, 950, demolished SP. It, it's gone completely backwards. I, I don't know how to credit to the track staff because this track's really hard to read still. Um, and I really find this race hard to review. You can't bag the winner. I don't think anything sort of dodgy's happened at all. It, it had the figure and it had a great run and it was going to get a good run. Now, in this race, Cherry Tortoni, Tagaloa, Zoo Dancer, Acer, Beltoro, Old Kirk, Camborn, Grand Slam, Dom to Shoot, and It's Our Time all went backwards dramatically off what they've previously run. So either there'll be some of them there that probably don't want the mile, there'll be some of them there that have had enough, but there's also a lot of them, the majority of them, that were just dampened by the slow tempo set early. Mm. I think Tagaloa wins if they go quicker, probably the takeaway. Tagaloa is a proper beast, gets the mile, just went a bit too slow and let these, like, Cherry Tortonis be close enough. I think the other thing to take out of it, Luna Fox's best figures have all consistently been on good threes. So the fact that track was obviously, it wasn't, like, hard, but it was the firmer surface probably helped it more so than a few of the others. But I agree. I mean, Tagaloa's the one that, if it has that more genuine tempo. I know it looked messy at the start and messy mid-race, but it wasn't necessarily quick. So uh, it was clearly the best of those settling on speed. That's my, my main point. And I, I don't know if it was trainer error or just it's most likely just, um, you know, the horse wasn't ready in time. I, I'm pretty convinced if Embolism had have had two starts, it would win. It would have won pretty well this race. It looked like, It looked to me... Like it was winning top of the straight as he's weaving his way through and it's peaked on its run. So maybe that means next start embolism. I don't know if it wants to go out further and trip. It's never been beyond 1,600 metres. But it, it first start, it had one trial that we saw, only one. Then one start, 400, behind Tagalow at Flemington where it was just out the back and just got through its gears. And then, um, like, big, big run here. But... It's six to four was a three point three. It's four to two was a negative three point six. Very big run. Very big sectionals there. And it's one point six, a negative one point six to home. So it's it's lost two lengths there with clear air. It just sort of peaked on its run. Um, you'd be sick if you owned it because I reckon it's probably just had a little step back and they missed a bit of work and just been pushed off a little bit. That's probably cost it winning Caulfield uh, Australian Guineas. If anyone should have been on this horse, it was me. Um, this is owned by a couple of blokes in the ownership from my hometown, Sonata. Um, they're just a little bit north of Sonata at Grigory. 
um, Greg Baldwin owns owns his horse. Um, Seen it on social media in the build-up on Facebook and Insta and that. Never thought about it. And just like my heart completely sunk when I seen it, when I seen the price, because I had no idea of the price. Anyway, well done. Yeah, but just to clarify how sick this this game is and how hard it is, last preparation, second up at 1,500 was when I backed it. It's only it's only ran a two and a half length better figure than that, which you know you'd expect right. they do with him anyway. Horse, young horses improve, you know. Couldn't win an open race there. Just a three-year-old race there at fucking Mooney Valley got knocked off by Flash Flood, who we've not yet seen again. Knocked off by Celestial Soul, Jay Gatsby, who runs around at Packenham now. Um, but doesn't it make you feel better that you know it's a stallion making race, and again we get to see one of these upsets? Well, old Kirk was gone. Well, anyway. We should talk about that. Like, how's this for peak racing? So on on Friday, Peter and I mingling, talking to n- numerous trainers, participants. Participants is the right word because that's what they all are, but we're not quite a participant. Then, then I got to uh, Mooney Valley on Friday night, and I was like sectioned off, not allowed to be near the ponies as they paraded. Had to be a certain distance away from them, so I didn't get too close to the participants. Staggering. Anyway, it looked like it might have changed on Saturday, Pete, because we were allowed really like where we used to be. I don't know if there's been a restriction change, has there? Yeah, midnight Friday night. So I'm not sure if that made all the difference, but it felt like it made all the difference. It did feel like oh, things are pretty much back to normal. That's what you were talking about at the, at the bar. Yeah. The bar, the bar, punters at home, the bar's where um, Peter went. So we went to the sales. We had a, we had a beautiful little Friday plan, main pistol. Go to the sales, do a bit of work, find a few ponies, learn a bit, make some notes, go and have a nice meal, freshen up, head to the Valley and bet. Well, a little pistol's phone went off. Lady. <laughs> Dropped everything, off he went. Left me by myself at the Valley. Just me and Jacko, thank God. Completely dogged Unbelievable. you. Was it worth it? Definitely worth it. But uh, you, had a, you had a good collect on Friday night, so yeah, it cost me. It didn't at the same time. <laughs> Never dog the boys, except for when. You know they'll be all right. All right, let's move on. Um, that was the Australian Guineas. We'll go to the Blamey next, because the biggest figure on the card, Star of the Seas. Which race is, what race number is that? Race six. Race six. Fascinating race, this, eh? Hey? Fascinating. Yeah. So... Um, I want to start with Mystic Journey. Like the little bits I looked on Twitter yesterday, just like completely bagging her. And she's pulled up sore or something, has she? Uh, something about surgery I saw. I'll just bring it up now. Keep going. She improved 13.2 lengths on her previous start, ran a figure of 12 above the all average puntingform.com.au benchmark. Which is the the exact figure, just about. It's bigger than the figure she ran at Flemington. Four starts back over the mile. So that was where she ran seventh to shout the bar in the Group One Empire Rose. Um, it's it's bigger. It's a bigger figure than anything she did last preparation. Bigger than the previous preparation. I think she won the All Star Mile, maybe running a sixteen point five. Like, she is, that's as good as she goes, just about. She went enormous. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, she's got bone chips, basically. Bone chips and bruising in her knee. But, I mean, we did sort of bring it up on the preview show. What would those two slow races in Tasmania do for her in terms of providing a platform? And clearly it hasn't been quite enough. But, yeah, it's still been a massive performance. Oh, if she ran, if she was still running in Melbourne next start, I'd be completely grayed up because she's come off like a big elevation in what she's had to do here. But she's yeah. run a huge figure. Uh, I, I thought outside the obvious, the race is pretty obvious. I thought. Um, I thought also credit to Jamie Carr. I don't think she did anything real wrong with this ride, but she would have felt the pressure of going too quick and a horse stopping. I'm sure that's like what jockeys fear. That's why they all want to go as slow as possible. To bounce off that into that 
perfection that she gave Zoo Dancer in the next race in another big race was a credit to her. She's legitimately very, very good. Um, but outside the obvious in that race, I thought uh, Mahatma Deus, the old veteran, he's on track. He's going really, really well. Nick Ryan's flying. Um, probably want to be with it next start, provided you get a nice price. Don't know how... I've got no idea where they're going. I assume they're going to a big race, but you never know with Nick Ryan. He's very astute. Might sort of pick off an easier assignment. Don't know. That's probably it for me for race six, Pete. Yeah, uh, Damien Lane wasn't afraid to give Jamie Carr a drive-by in the, the post-race, was he? Something said something about ignoring the leader because he knew it would be a statue late. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating uh, behaviour, that. That just, to me, says that the boys have finally realised that she's legitimate and she's going to take your ride. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all it's all like political showmanship at that end, isn't it? But, uh, Attention rides, I want to ride this, I want to ride that. This is go time for them. This is when they, like, if they pick the right horses right now, they can buy the 17th property. Yeah. This is when they get that money. So it's big, it's go time for jockeys. I did enjoy that little piece of work from D-Lane. Loved it. I thought it was good. And uh, just quietly, how much does Nerf Boss hate Melbourne? He's just like me. Just doesn't perform over here. It's all about getting back to the West is best. Um, race five, the Bob Hoisted. This is probably the greatest race of the day for yourself, Dickens, isn't it? Because it was won by the Grey. Well, yeah, just completely fucked this up. I don't know, I just suspect in a year curly, what price I'll say? 2.30, I marked this horse 2.30, I didn't bet. Because yep. it wasn't scary enough in the parade. Like It was, yeah. Because, because this horse had a traditionally nice setup for this race, which we didn't think was what this horse wanted. It, it's got more improvement to come. I don't think it ran to like its ceiling. So maybe we're a little bit sort of on the money, but it was still too good for these. Big mistake, big regret. I think, hindsight is wonderful, but we we delved pretty deep into this horse and looked for reasons in the in the review show why not to back it. Um, one of them was a normal racing pattern might have been maybe a month between runs and it was two weeks or something or like sometimes the obvious just stares you in the face, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's too obvious, and you start to question why this is so obvious. It's like Lamborn's thing, paralysis by overanalysis. Mm. I overthought this. I thought um, one of the most interesting horses on the day off an elite Geelong trial was Montesira. It absolutely hemorrhaged in betting. Mm. One of the... What looked like it would definitely be probably the biggest goal of the day until race nine. Um, but, like, I, I couldn't believe the, the price it was when we sat down back upon the P&O ship cruise. Um... And, and settled into our work. It, 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 like it was an absolute steamer, this thing. Hummer Hummer ran past it, so to the eye, you're like, pretty plain, pretty plain. In the end of the day, Muntasira has... It's, it's clocked a career PB here of 11.1. First up. If anything, maybe a knock on the stable, poor placement. Because this horse like was airborne, the money was right. It just ran into a straight track bully in Papagino and in the in Indian Pacific, who like they were there to win. Like it, it's got enormous. What I'm trying to say, should have picked a better race for it. Don't know where they go with it, but it's an airborne and it's a really nice horse. I thought it was reasonably forward in the yard, Pete. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. I'm not sure how much more condition will come. And again, like those, I know we've spoken about this a lot of with on the Sydney show with Mark Roden about horses that record career PBs first up and whether or not they can elevate off them or if they fall apart next start. So see what the market does with it because it's got that pretty strong SP. Yeah, like completely caved. Biggest yeah. steamer of the day until race nine, which was Charlotte, which was another... Oh, a big mistake. All right, so let's run through it. Well, when it was $10 when they opened and we did prices on Thursday, I marked it... Um, 580. Yep. And I didn't bet. I don't know why, but I didn't. Then, when 
you got to understand this stage of the day, like mentally, I'm exhausted. I'm flat. Of not not in a good way. Don't look at. I don't know what they are really in the yard by this stage of the day either. And we both looked at each other and said, "This 11's like outstanding, easily like the pick of the yard ahead of anything here by a mile." Oh, it's Shalot, sweet. I remember I found that. That's a bet. Oh, hang on, it's four four seventy. Let's think on it. <laughs> All right, look down again. It's four twenty. This is the fair, so it's probably four dollars already. The plastics. It, it absolutely hemorrhaged. It was like it was like a um, like a motorbike. It was like a V twelve versus V eight. This thing it's just hooning around the outside under a hold. This horse is a beast. Proper horse, follow it. It can pick off some really good races. This thing, really exciting horse. Only thing that beats it is his track pattern. Um, I think it's definitely a Flemington sort of horse. Um, one of the biggest Cleveland steamers of the day was. Um, Not just of the day. This is this is all time. Mate, Paul's regret, Curly. It's it's jumped. Paul's regret. I'm just getting it up here. It's jumped five dollars twenty six on the fair. Best tote was eight dollars forty. It's jumped $8 on all the plastics. This thing's gone off from about $9 into $5.20 as the gates have opened. And, and it was, no already, but it was already steaming before that. Oh, it was $15 when we left the yard. We get upstairs, it's $9. It's jumps $5.26. Pike in the last, they just fucking love it. Oh, no, one, no, one's, <laughs> no one's moving the money like that because of Pike in the last. For fuck's sake, mate. <laughs> But see, it was amazing, wasn't it? That, I don't think I've ever seen anything. Not, not you see it in Hong Kong. I don't think I've ever seen that in Australia, where the corporates are still just at eight dollars, eight fifty across the board. Jeez, it'd be good if there was a, a show dedicated to actually talking about what happened in the wagering. <laughs> Three to the keeper. Uh, you've got one more for me. Uh, race four. Oh sweet Jesus. Kind of talked about it. I think you can forgive uh, Laverod. It was a bad ride. Um, forgive it. Even the great ones get them wrong sometimes. Uh, I do think like some of the, the the biggest best riders in Victoria. I don't know if it's the same Perth, same in Sydney, uh, same in Queensland curls, but I really think if there is a weakness to to like the Olivers, Williams, Zara's, it's it's leaders. It's, it's not always either. It's just sometimes. But um, like, on, on, if Michael Poy rode this thing, or or like Georgie Cartwright and just like handlebars down, I think it goes a lot closer to winning. Uh, in run, it, it was sickening when we were on. It was just a like Subedar was just smoking the pipe right behind us. Um, it was winning this race from about eight hundred. I thought killed him. Street Icon went well. Um, is going well. Um, third up next start probably a bet straight icon in the right race um, Laverod I, I, I want to be with it down the straight but um, yeah this Subadar is a beast though like there's so much about this setup that that it wasn't sort of what I want like it was back and trip it was enormous first up in Sydney I did the review show that week replacing UP and um, just was skimming through the data as I tried to um host a show which was not a skill I have and um, it just stood out like dog's balls this horse and yeah. I actually black booked it and I kept checking every sort of you know Thursday seeing if it was in and it was never in it was 49 days between runs it had two trials which were elite which I watched and um, I think it was supposed to go to 1400 because its peak figure was over 1600 metres you know like it's just completely grey um, but big performance Nice horse, this. I think they want the, the, the firm ground too. So potentially we'll keep seeing it in uh, Melbourne. I, I suspect it steps up to 400 metres next start. Yep. Yep. That was the first time it's ever raced under 1,300. Just quickly on Laverod. First up, last prep was beaten one and a half lengths behind Indian Pacific, who he saw in Fabergino's race nearly knock her off. Second, oh, up, so that's just, uh, second up, last prep, beat Celebrity Queen, who dead hated in the Oakley. See, see, see what I'm saying? <laughs> fuck me! Like, it's hard. This game's so hard. But the best part about the game is we can vent it out today. Um, 
reset and start sort of looking at Wednesday's form, we, we get another opportunity to go again to, to fix the, the wrongs. Mind you, fourth up last prep, Laverod was beaten by Nerf Bosk, who ran 15 lengths last. So you got to balance it all out. Okay. Yeah, but Laverod had a jump out at Flemington, which was elite. Yep. Yep. Let's leave Flemington. Let's head north. Uh, we're looking at Toowoomba and the value start of Rowie. position in run. So just um, taking the opportunity on today's show, Pistol, to um, talk about the value of maps and getting that right and understand understanding conditions and um, the extra layer of complexity you have beating in Toowoomba at the moment is the level of jocks that are riding there, right? So you take Saturday, for example, you had Sunshine Coast, A-graders, generalisation, um, Gold Coast during the afternoon, B-graders, Rockhampton during Saturday afternoon as well, where a lot of Brisbane and Gold Coast-based jocks fly up there to ride, um, C-graders, and then you're left with the um, D-graders, if you like, um, on a Saturday night at Toowoomba. Um, well, one thing I will say for the D-graders is... I think... And when I say D-graders, I'm saying the best available jocks ride, those, that's where the meeting ranks in order, right? Because if you're a B, C-grade jockey, it's much more fun going to uh, flying to Rockhampton to ride Saturday afternoon where you're not riding against a heap of inexperienced kids you're not going to get knocked over and risk your life. You can just go around for fun, have a beer with the boys afterwards, fly back to Briz, bend or Monday, um, which is a lot better than having to travel to Toowoomba, ride in the last race at 9.30 at night, fearing for your life, and then driving back down to Brisbane and getting home at 11.30. Well, race six, should we start there? Because... Despite the, like, the incompetence of the ride, incredibly brave. So race six, right? Let's let's do race six. I'm going to actually, um, I'll watch the replay as well, just while we're going, and then obviously we, we'll overlay it. Um, so alert and ready, uh, resuming now. Not not publicly, um, the you know the it, what didn't public barrier trial, but it had a jump out. So I saw the jump out. Now alert and ready. Sat outside the leader and beats horses like Monday, Monday and Lady Faye by a conservative 30 metres on the bridle. So I approach this race where... Hang on, like, those two horses are in this race. Are in this race, right? Are in this race. Those, both those horses are in this race. The other horse out of the jump outs was a horse called Bean Dancing, who was trialled in a different heat, showed really good ability, the only danger. Now... Um, Alert and Ready normally gets back in its runs. And if you have a look through Alert and Ready's form, all Saturday City class running into horses like Sweet Dolly, who was brilliant on Saturday at the Sunshine Coast uh, in the in the Aquas Jewel preview race. And it's going to go and start favouring a $500,000 race next Saturday. So Alert and Ready's chased it a couple of... Chased it and, you know, among others, and just a class above these. But it will be back. Bean Dancing, I think, will be on speed. Um, so I'm going to absolutely like bet this race hard because I've got a good handle on these horses. Right? I know that they're first starters, and thank you to everyone on Twitter who potted me for betting on two-year-olds and after after timing the reasons why. Um, so I've launched into Bean Dancing. Um, Knowing that alert and ready will get out a little bit late and it'll cop a dollar seventy, dollar eighty to chop the bet out, only two hopes. Um, roll the tape. Um, so alert and ready is going to go back. Bean dancing will be somewhere near the speed. So bean dancing's begun and tried to muster. It's going to get crossed. Alert and ready's last here, which I thought it would be. So I thought, well, he goals is just going to take hold here and. Um, you know, they've settled in about the right spot. Golsey oh. takes off three wide at the 800. He's over racing. He's then four wide at the 800. He's over racing and restraining. Been dancing's inside it. Um, you know, meanwhile, 
Monday, Monday, and um, I don't know what the other horses are. Add a girl, whatever, who cares? The other horse is three wide. So that leaves the favourite now three wide with cover. Been dancing in between them. The favourite's been over racing and been carrying on and just waiting for being dancing to get out. Now, this is like pretty scary here. This isn't a three kilo apprentice on being dancing who is not steering this horse and is like for some reason thinking it's going between them. There's not like she's lucky she didn't kill herself to be honest. That horse nearly went down on its head. Um, you know, and gets to the outside and flashes home. It was the biggest moral beat of the night. Um, she hasn't she hasn't been able to because it's like because she almost went down. Well, I'm going to I'm going to tell you why. Once. I'm going to tell you why and um I actually might save it. I'll, I'll, I'll save my summary for the for these at the end of this because it's it's an important point that I want to make. Not that anyone's going to listen that can make a difference here, but um, I'll save it for the end. Race one was another race that we bet into, and I, I encourage everyone. I think we're going to roll the replay here. I just want to show the start, and then from the um, and then from the top of the straight. So we're back to a horse called Dancing Angel, three kilo kid on. You watch every race. This horse has ridden the same way. She jumps good. She just presses the button and rolls forward. Today she jumps in front and grabs hold. Um, goes back and slots into a nice four wide position midfield, no cover. <laughs> now you might be thinking, you might be sitting there listening, saying, "Oh, good on you, Curly. You're a fucking hero, mate. You're potting three kilo apprentices, you know." How many winners you ridden? All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you in a minute. So this thing's widest runner. I, I even got off my chair at the 200, saying this thing's going to still win. I'm a genius, and uh, she just peed it out. You know, the final little bit, probably gone under a length. Well, you'd say two, probably two lengths. Now right, she's four or five wide turning. She circles them, hits the front, and is going to win, and then just gets tired and stops. And that happens, right? She's 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 ten wide. Six. She's ten wide entering the straight. Yeah, I oh know, Jack. I've seen it. <laughs> just just waving the whip at it. Thanks, Jack. It's hit the front. Now, yeah, no, it did hit the front. Um, and one I of the like most the head movement, like she's one of the most, one of the most, uh, you know. Oh, anyway, race two. I want to. I want to go to race two now. This. Things happen in racing, right? But this, I don't deserve this. <laughs> I didn't deserve this, right? After the first, I think also happened? this is this is after two at Rockhampton, which if you watch, if you subscribe right. up and watch the ride. <laughs> so I'm not going to show the replays for Rockhampton because we've only got three hours on this show, not six. Um, I've backed two horses at Rocky that have both jumped in front and ended up second last the fence. Oh, yeah. Like restrain, 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 right? So I'm not saying anything untowards going on there. I'm saying... Doesn't look good. It's just like, come on, right? Anyway, race two. This sort of hurt me a little bit because, you know, sometimes you you look back and you think, I'm, I'm so glad when I, when I got killed in this race that it was at the start, but... You watch the start. This horse has gone on its nose. A couple of things. You just show the first 50 metres and pause it. I want to just point a couple of things out, right? So there's the first. Oh, my fucking God. So we're on the inside horse with the white blinkers, Ma Hussey. Another horse that had jumped out really well and was resuming in a filthy, dirty benchmark 55 from gate one. Purely just sit on it and it wins, right? So it's come out on its nose. Now, here's the things I want to point out to talk about maps and how crucial they are. And we're another horse that we were on. And I want, I want you to watch this as we, as the tape rolls here, you can watch this, watch this run from say the, just before the home turn. So from the start here, you see my hussies missed the start. The horse just outside it is a, in the black and yellow colors on settling is a horse called red Zeb. All right. So you can keep an eye on it in run as well and see where it ends up. Now it's a horse that, we sort of on a little bit on small last start that had a nice map. And, you know, I was obviously, I thought my hussy's a better horse. So I didn't back it today, but I just watched where it ends up. And then you've got a horse and a jockey. And this is another thing I want to point out when I'm talking about map. There's a horse called Unusual Aunt. If you see at the start, it's in the red and red sleeves, blue silks. It's second last on jumping away. Right. 
Uh, it started 50s on the fair. It was 11s out to 34s. It probably should have been 500s, right? <laughs> so as the race unfolds, she's missed the start on the 50 to one shot and has driven it seven deep, circled them from the start, gone up to attack the leaders. Ma Hussey's been able, the horse that we're on has been able to, nothing's crossed him, so he's been able to pick himself up and settle in behind the leader perfectly. Meanwhile, the 50 to one shots, half a length in front, three deep taking on the leaders. <laughs> I mentioned Reb Zeb, Red Zeb, the kids sat on it and let it drop two lengths behind the second last horse at the 600. Um, we're perfectly placed here with Ma Hussey. Just oh, this is the stroke one. This is... Just watch what happens from the corner here, from the more trailer sign at the 400. Go, Ronnie. Oh. Oh. Played statue. Oh, got going again at the 150. Tough watch. You might notice the horse in the yellow blinker is just beating us home. Red Zeb. Did he lose his oh. irons there? Like, what happened? I don't know what happened. It looked like it had a stroke. <laughs> the steward's report. He just, uh, like, froze. He just froze for a bit, then he got back into his work. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing in the yellow that was no intent is just savage the line. <laughs> um, says that uh, resulted in the saddle shifting to the near side, placing Ronnie in some difficulty for some distance. So not blaming the jockey there at all. I'm just saying, like, you know, how do you, like, how do you nearly go on your nose at the start and then, you know, lose your saddle on the corner? It's just, it's just a six. Like, it's just you got to laugh about it because it's the only thing. Um, now, let me just paraphrase what I was trying to get at as far as <laughs> trying to bet it to Woomera at the moment and these jockeys, right? So. I'm not here to bag three kilo apprentice jockeys because they're learning, right? The problem we've got is they're not being taught, right? So I contacted, a, so rather than completely lose me shit and like go and bash me nan or something, um, <laughs> um, I thought I'd do a little bit of research and I contacted a couple of jockeys. I said, tell apprentice jockeys that are currently in the system in Queensland. I said, tell me about the process of what you're being taught, how you're being taught, you know, how, how you can improve as a jock. And they said, like, 100% of survey participants that racing Queensland is a registered trading organisation, so they get paid for the complete paper. We don't place, replace, we don't look at the style, we don't practice, we, have, we just got to do paperwork. So these kids are getting up at three in the morning Writing at writing ten, writing ten work, going home and sleeping, trying to fit in a social life. They're earning good coin, but there's no push from anyone in any area of, um, you know, in any in any area within racing to say this is a minimum requirement. Those kids that that like those those kids that rode in those races, that girl nearly killed herself on that bean dancing. Yeah, which would be from, like, the pressure of trying to, like, not let people down. Well, like it's just, like, you know, like, someone's got to be teaching them, like, if you're held up like that, you're a three-kilo apprentice, what we want to see you do is just relax your mount for a stride and get to the outside. It's a five-horse field. Yeah, and, and also, the do... horse outside is a doll seventy-five favourite, so you're probably yeah. going to get a good toe in. Yeah, don't go doing that, you know. Um, so my, my anger on Saturday night at the result sort of turned into you know, to, trying to understand the reasoning for what was going on here. Like, um, you know, we had a, you know, those examples, like, you know, what what's that girl doing missing the start on a 50 to one shot and then hunting it seven deep to go and attack the leaders three wide? I tell you what she's doing. She's not giving her horse every permissible chance, right? And that needs to be drummed into them. They can't, and they'll keep put, they'll keep serving this shit up in Queensland and people will just continue to not bet and laugh at it like we do every Monday. Like, well, I'll keep betting on it. But yeah, I'll just... well, we're betting on it because it's like paying. It's like spending a hundred on going to the movies. You you have your hundred on your horse, and then you enjoy the show. <laughs> you win, lose, or draw. Yeah, win, lose, or draw. Sometimes, sometimes good. Sometimes not. Good. What's the saying? Sometimes shit. Sometimes not so shit. 
Um, it's a it's a comedy. It's a, it's it's by four it, of my it really is. It really is. Um, we had a we had an instance at the Gold Coast on Saturday where I had one early bet, only to start ask questions why the races have been put back too, uh, because a part of the track was deemed unsafe to race on, so they moved the rail out. Um, like two and a half metres on a rail that was already out six or something. So, you know, you change, you change, you know, the, the fence becomes dynamite and then the bet you have, the kid sits behind the leader and drifts to the middle of the track and runs second beat in the length when the fence is dynamite. So small things that are, you know, clearly that some jocks, some, some of the, and probably the lesser, the ones with lesser ability Kids with lesser ability are going to be the kids that are going to get less time spent on them, and it's it's dangerous, and it's no wonder senior jocks don't you know aren't tripping over themselves to come up and ride against them, you know. Yeah, that's how I see. It. I'm not carrying on about you know kids for bad rides or anything like that. What I'm questioning is you know the future of these kids not getting their support. Yeah, I think it's um. Hey, that's not my opinion. That's me asking them what the hell's going on. What happens? Yeah, and it's for the sport's betterment that like, sports each betterment. and every participant is given every opportunity to uh, further their education and become better at what they do. Like, what you're saying is so spot on for riders, and they we expect them to be educated. The whole thing's funded by wagering, and like, there's there's little to... There's no educational information content provided by any racing body which is dependent on the wagering, and they expect that this river will just flow forever. Um, there is absolutely no doubt that they are expecting this river to flow forever. We've only, you know, we've already seen in the news uh, the point of consumption tax reviews happening in some states. Like, like, like it's exactly what they expect. Um, one. So, yeah, I think the stewards have got a bit to answer for there as well. I think they find it very easy to grill these kids. Um, uh, it was well documented, my um, displeasure at the ride on Smooth Move at um, on Thursday at Eagle Farm or Demon, wherever it was. Um, and just the inconsistencies of, um, of some senior jocks' um, efforts, I suppose. But... One good sign was yesterday for those. We didn't bet into the race. We, we had a small winning day at the sunny coast. And talking about sick beats, we backed two horses in one race there. Mashani Conman, you know the horse that we're on at Toowoomba to start before at $15. Right? So we backed it yesterday at $9. And we're on without knowing who I think is a serious horse for Queen, serious When I say serious horse, serious Queensland horse. Um, now, Mashani Conman had that run, had to go back to the trials, had a jump out Tuesday, won the jump out, gets goes back to the races Sunday. Um, James Allman Road gives it a peach without knowing he's out the back, getting held up everywhere. The, the Conman kicks for home. We're four in front at the, three, at the 200. And this without knowing has come from last and won. So we won on the day, we won on the race, but Conman sort of haunted us again because we were on it at like $10. And it went 10s into fives after we pulled the trigger. Um, anyway, the, the interesting race for me, oh, this is my last one because um, I'm nearly over it. Um, yesterday at the Sunshine Coast, there was an interesting betting fluctuation in race. I've got the stewards report here. Um, race, race five, was it? Sorry. Uh, David Van Dyke, well-backed runner. Um, yeah, race five. Race five, Cotton Fields. Now, DVD produced a first starter who tried like Farlap, um, and it won like it. Well, it won easily anyway, um, which is called Caraca Lad. There was 80,000 matched on him. He was an obvious one for me. Obviously not sending it at those prices. He then won the next on Tour LaRue, which was you know reasonably solid in the market. 12,000 matched on Betfair. Then race five, he was looking for a, a, a triple trio, whatever you call them, when you win three. Uh, Ryan Maloney on board. 60-odd thousand matched. Uh, got as short as even money on the plastics. And then, uh, you know, with about five minutes to jump, whatever it was, uh, eight minutes, 
Then uh, got out on the fair uh, to 270. And if you watch the replay of race five at the Sunshine Coast yesterday, from about the approaching the corner, um, lap, lap full of pony uh, decides to go inside rather than to the outside where the winners had been coming all day. Um, like, just not what you'd expect from one of Queensland's leading jockeys. Um, but what we did get was what we should get every week. And we got a stewards inquiry. And that's what I think needs to happen, you know, on these types of... On those those types of ride from the seniors, I think the job... The, they spend too much time, like, giving apprentices hard times for bad rides. Um, you know, apprentices, you know, need to be riding more, not less. They don't need to be given time for bad rides. You know, they need to be riding more and um anyway so we've got a we've got a stewards inquiry here they've uh, adjourned the inquiry into the tactics if you watch from the 600 he goes inside gets completely held up um the well support oh champagne toots was um pretty solid and a little bit of money laid on the fair for it um sort of robbie frad took went where ryan maloney didn't and won the race and you know just think um you know asking the question we've said this plenty of times before is um is what punters would rather see than just to play on. You know, that's the job of the stewards to uh, to ask those questions for the integrity of the wagering side of it, for sure. But anyway, uh, Sunshine Coast Saturday was was really good. The Metro meeting was very profitable. The Gold Coast was break-even and whatever else. But um, sun, Saturday night was horrific. Well, speaking of stewards' inquiries... There's no theme song to the Tour de France, is there? Oh, uh, there's a there's, lot of correlation there. It, it, it actually follows on perfectly well. Uh, race 7 at Ascot. And look, I have to preface this by saying I do have a share in the runner-up who did jump $1.60. Um, and there is a Stewart's Inquiry that's also been adjourned. So, you know, we'll wait and see what comes as a result of that. But if you ever want to get people betting onto or betting into the sport... A lot of people would have had multis going into Salaya, even money, whatever, jumps $1.60. Obviously, was always going to get some level of control, but the stable, our stable, expected something along the lines of these tactics. What race number? Race seven. So you have a look on the replay. We'll bring it up just so we can watch it from the start. There's five horses in Cerise and White, which makes things a little bit difficult, but the horse that ends up being the the leader is jumping out of gate eight with a Cerise and White hat. So you have to watch that. And basically, as soon as the gates open, we're talking about a horse that only in its last start settled something remotely on speed where it wasn't ridden. It's ridden as soon as the gates open. It's under some level of riding. Um, there, there could have been a move to take the horse back to try and restrain for cover. Doesn't happen pushes towards the outside of the leader, which is to be expected. There was no real tempo in this race at all outside of out of Salaya. Now, could opt to sit there, but the horse is being niggled out going in towards that first turn, entering the back straight, and is eyeballing the leader. Settles into its rhythm at the 1,200. Then going into the 1,000, Jock opts to take up and have another go and takes the lead this time. Which, again, you're entitled to do if you're riding to no, give you're your... Not, you're not entitled. You're not entitled. Yeah. He's outside lead, outside a seventy favourite. He doesn't. This does not give his horse every possible chance of winning. Yeah, you this, cut me this off. That's what I was saying. horse's chances of winning. Yeah. I'll say it for you. If his, his tactics fucked his horse's chances of winning, which is illegal. Yeah. Well, especially when there's four wearing the same colours in the race. I want to finish this on top three. I've not watched this before. Yeah, so it hits the front at the 600. Now, it's actually slowing down going into the turn. So the horse actually starts stopping. And when you have a look at the sectionals and punting form, it's interesting oh to know. Oh, my God. It's fucking it's so it's, last already. It's, it's, you haven't yeah. even gone past the 100. Just for those watching at home um, and they want to watch the replay, where do you find the replay? Uh, it's on when the Chris website. We'll post a, a little link but we're overlaying it at the moment anyway yeah, yeah. that's disgraceful um, so it ends up beating 11 lengths uh, I'm not sure you can call it team riding if none of the other teams good enough to win the race but in the end the winner was Simon Miller's horse Brave Angel who 
actually beat home Salaya in the champion fillies. It was a wet track that day, and it is very much a... It looks like a wet type. Uh, it's a proper horse with, with some level of ability, so you can't really fault the winner. Um, it was just the general decision-making and tactics uh, when there's five wearing the same colours. And obviously the, the stewards... What's will... the data say, Peter? Well, it was a slowly run race to the 600, 2.6 lengths slow, um, which isn't horrendously That's, slow. There's some defence for the guy to take off, or the girl, but well, fuck me. Yeah. You can't finish last by 30 lengths after doing that. That's probably the concern. And it wasn't as if the pace dramatically slackened. Um, Testing Love's run the fastest 1,000 to the 800 and then has run the slowest 600 to 400. So it was just a general... The reason it was a shit show, to you know, paraphrase, to pardon my French, uh, it was just a very stop-start race but it did look like the intent of the horse settling outside the leader was to try and maintain pressure at all times on the favourite. And as I was saying, if that's a different horse wearing a different set of silks, it's entitled to do it. But when they're all wearing the same colours, it doesn't necessarily provide a good look. And again, I didn't have anything invested on the race because I'm not going to have five figures when I'm already collecting prize money. But At, uh, at that price. Yeah, I feel like but, a lot of punters would look at that and go, well, that's a, a pretty pretty bad even if it's not, Even if it wasn't the same silks, that ride to my eye, this is the first time I watched it, that ride to my eye was to basically ruin the chances of the favourite for whatever reason. Yeah. That ride gave their mount none. Mm. Thought she handled it pretty well. I thought so. Yeah. On a second horse? I thought so too. Um, I know a few people said, oh, you know, did she, did she panic? Did she go too early? I, I don't think so at all. Uh, in fact, Salaya's run the fastest 400 to the 200 and only just peaked over that last, what, 100 metres or so. Um, you know, that that's the best opportunities to try and gap this field. And It's that side-on vision, Peter. Yeah. It's like they're going, they're just before they go past the 800, you've got like a head-on, like Stewart's vision kind of shot. And you see, who is it? It's Paddy Carberry on the outside, but I, I, I'm not going to hang Carberry because it looked like it was clear, stable instructions from the start to use the horse up. It could have been any jockey on board. Yeah, well, I'm happy to hang him. You can see that his elbow movement like changes, and he he goes fuck it, and his horse is travelling too before he does it. Well, that was the funny thing is I sent it out in the message to to the members pre-race, and I said, look. You can't bet in this race because with five wearing the same colours, something's going to happen. And everyone expected it to be the case. It was the pre-race instructions to Lucy was like, just be wary, something could happen here. Um, But I actually thought, and I don't think we found anything out of this race. I don't think we know if any of these horses will be suitable going up to the 2200 or to the Oaks over 24. And I don't think we found out which of the Cerise and White were potentially the best. I thought going into the race, they would have no idea who the best was this year because there was no clear standout. And I actually thought Testing Love might have been the best of them. But again, it's been completely barbecued here. And that's probably the last time we see it this autumn. Yeah, I, I think thought, so. I thought I, like I, you said, Curls, that the, her ride on your horse, Pete, was very, very, very good. Yeah. Look, you know, the other thing to consider as well is like your horse... Um, Salaya, she's up to eighteen hundred. Um, so, you know, of course you're just going to go and barbecue it from the eight hundred to get it beat. Well, pretty straightforward, isn't it, from a team riding perspective? Yeah, I guess they're all queries going up in distance for the yeah. first time. Yeah. They're all queries going up in distance. So let's choose the one we don't think is going as good, and we'll use it to barbecue you and see if yeah. the others can stay or not. Yeah, like it's pretty simple. Um, I don't know how you, I don't know how you steward that type of race. You just, you know, effectively it's a running and handling charge because you've given your mount no, no opportunity to win. Yeah. So the, the the horse in question, the testing love went five lengths faster than it's ever gone in its life to the six hundred, and previous to that it has gone disgracefully slow. It had no base to to handle that, like, uh, tempo, and it was up 400 metres in trip. So off those, like, four, three absolute walks and then one walk going up 400 metres, if you if you own it 
train it, ride it, you you want this horse to get as soft a time as possible to get the 800 metres, not not expose it like that. Yeah, I, 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 think I think it's a fucking disgrace. I wonder if um, does anyone know? And I wonder if we could find out when the stewards when the stewards have an inquiry. Are they sitting down this morning and and looking at the replay and dissecting the sectional data? You'd, you'd certainly hope so. Interesting, eh? Yeah. I don't know. You must have the sexual data. It's like how, to the eye, you thought Montesiri was a bit plain at Flemington because Hummer Hummer ran, ran past it, but then it's run a career peak. Like, it's gone good. Yeah. Mystic Journey, gone good because you see the numbers. Yeah. Surely yeah, they're often, using the data. You often wonder because you'll see... Um, You'll see often in Queensland stewards reports, and I don't read other states, so I don't know, but you'll often see stewards question the poor performance of runner X. And then you look at the data and you go, what are they asking for? It's runner PB. Or it's, I think, you know, I think in regard to this, the stewards have a chance to do the to do a good job. I think a lot of the time they're under too much pressure to... Like, it's not feasible for them to conclude things accurately that quickly. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I think like, the bigger things like this need to take two or three days. I think, um, you know, they still frustrate you what the, the reports say. Like the Miss Catherine on Friday night at the Valley, it said horse did not perform to market expectation because it missed the start, sat four wide and went shit out. But it was $4 out to $8. It performed exactly to the market expectation. Now, whether they're using that sort of information, I don't know. Or they just say, oh, at $8, it should have gone better than that. I, we were on, and we, like, we knew we were gone before it started. Um, bit going on in Victoria. At the same time, not much, you know. <laughs> Nothing to see here. I just wish they could, like, the, the absolute time travel that is watching... Um, Victoria, uh, like like Subadir, um, Mount Olympus, stack of um, Sydney horses came down. I'm Superman. You watch their trials. You can clearly articulate uh, who it is against. The vision's clear. It's held. It's like a camera that is like meant for making TV. Um, you could probably clock them too if you wanted to, like very easily. Um, and then, like, trying to watch a trial of, like, saying, like Moody's or Stokes from Packenham, and it looks like like Pistol's doing it fucking on the drink <laughs> off his iPhone, and it says, like, pink, and it's not pink. Like, it's... It is such a... It's, it's disgraceful. It's really well, bad. I, I, I don't know how they haven't... How they haven't... The amount of money that is in this sport and in this state... The, the jump-outs and trials are, are, are shambles, and it's... Um, it actually, like, it, it it makes it more tempting, and they, they often charge someone every now and again for, for putting in the wrong horse and and setting them up like that, putting them in under wrong names. Mm-hmm. And the worst part is, is, like, .com and RSN, and they, 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 they like, do anything, they'll do anything for more content. Look, it's good, usable, watchable content. Probably every morning. And they'll probably get the participants, the riders, some more money. The ones that do go and do the jump outs and complain about the hours. Get them paid more. It's... There's got to be enough money there for it. Like, we've got a, a ridiculous all-star mile in two weeks where there's like two horses that can probably win. There's horses that shouldn't even be in the state, like for, like that, Harovian shouldn't have even been here for that race on Saturday, let alone the All Star Mall. Yes, save that for another day. It actually hit the line okay if you look at the data, so it might be going okay. But yeah, it's just, it's just frustrating. Like Haydock jumped out at a Voker. And the camera's like, yeah, I think it went all right. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Going well. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can still play games and do lots of stuff when it's on TV, you know, like saddles and shoes and all that stuff, curls that you know better than anyone. But um, 
it's just it's it's pleasant. It's pleasant watching the the jump outs and trials in Sydney, and then it gives you the confidence to, to bet. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's the benchmark. Whereas yeah, you might watch right. a few a few jump outs in Victoria, and you might see some some good um, commentator ones at Geelong, but then two other horses jumped out at Balnarring, and you're not sure if it's them. Which one was it? it looks a little bit different. The answer, like, what I'll do there four times out of five is just pen the race and not bet, not wager, not fund the industry. Well, it could be worse, Jack. You could find the jump outs, identify the two horses, absolutely lose your brain and overbet them and just have 99% of your fucking roll on it to yeah, watch those horses be stiff. Or you could find one that, that you're, you're very confident has been misnamed, has gone good. Yeah. It looks like it went quick versus the day versus those trials. And uh, yeah, have a large amount of your bank on it for it only to drift from 270 to $5 and run like a busted. As I said, that one, you have to follow next start. Mm. You tick every box and then it doesn't go out and produce. You just put a line through the run, whatever the reason. Trust the trial. I think trusting the trials is actually one of the things I've learned over the last 6 to 12 months. I think there's a lot there's a lot in the um I've started really focusing on it. Like that D, D Bowman's winner had two really nice trials. Yeah. But again, it's hard to line them up because it's 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 somewhere I've never been to. It's on grainy vision. It's so grainy that you can't really tell how other horses are being ridden and how they look and what sort of saddle and Yeah, it's just hard. It's harder than it should be. But it's not it's not the product that it should be for what I believe and they would believe is the best racing product in Australia. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got your own media arm down there and um, there seems to be like kind of a level of like complacency slash apathy throughout the entire industry because we are a nation of fucking degenerate gamblers and the rivers of gold continue to flow. Mm-hmm. Well, they, the, the rivers of gold did dry up pre-COVID. They slowed right down. So the rivers of gold is going to be pretty interesting over the next year. It will be. But uh, I'll tell you one thing will happen over the next year, Jack, is we'll still be betting. And uh, whether they're running for fucking ribbons or a billion dollars, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> uh, I'll be betting on it. And probably what, probably with, uh, you know, running a service you now and... and not that you're looking for action, but um, you know, there's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of meetings we can get involved with, and you know, something that I've, you know, record keeping and, and learning along the way is like, you know, you still got. I still think you've got to have your small bets on the horses that you still think can win, even with a bad jock at times. If you think the setup's right, and you, you've still got to be on it, you get an ounce of luck. You well, you know, like it, our conversation this morning, like it's huge, huge turnaround, an ounce of luck there. On the weekend, and you know, I'm winning fucking triple, you know, 300%. You know, yeah, um, everything's got a price, I guess. Everything's got a price, and I think all you can do. Uh, I had another fellow message me last night about a run of luck that he was having, and and I said, luck means you're on the bad luck means you're on the right horse. You're just having a little bit of bad luck. Like if they should have won, you're on the right horses. Hmm. Just got to just got to keep penalising, keep penalising the horse for the jockey downgrade or upgrade it for the jockey switch and bet accordingly. Yeah. That's like... Um, Whether the race is worth a billion or a, a ribbon. We did a stack of work on Thursday. So we were on a lot, like a Skype call sort of betting together. And um, like that thing, I, I dusted seven, maybe seven units at Kilmore. But we had one and a half at, at $8 on that thing that should have absolutely pissed in. That's mm. a winning day, but it's a strip. But it's just luck. It'll turn. It has to. It always does. It turns both ways, unfortunately. Well, for the week ahead uh, in Victoria, anyway, uh, what have we got? Lakeside. Hopefully. Lakeside. We're, Sandown has been the um, the heart that keeps the the, the Victorian mailbag pumping. I'm just it was good again to us last Wednesday. Um, we'll do a preview on RSN tomorrow with Gareth. All of us will be on doing our respective regions. Um. We've got Werribee into Pakenham on Thursday, which I'll 
likely bet at. Um, and glorious, glorious cranny Friday night, which I don't know if I'll provide like a deep service for, but we'll probably be betting. And um, unless Pistol gets a text message late, we'll probably be attending. Um, oh, let, let's not get too carried away. <laughs> Cranton on a Friday night. Get back into mate. the city at midnight, straight to Revolver. Away we go. You can crash in the pod. <laughs> uh, not if I'm backing up at Flemington the next day. The ship yeah, is shattered, eh? Ship is shattered, eh? Huh. Meanwhile, yeah. up in Queensland, Curls, what have we got? Just a standard week of just Doombin, Ipswich. Doombin Wednesday. Um, Wednesday. Back on the Wednesday. Yeah, we're, back to, we're back to Wednesdays now, which I'm very grateful for. Um, uh, in better news, there's no Toowoomba this Saturday night. Because it's Super Saturday out at Dolby with the Dolby and Chinchilla Dolby Newmarket, the Lightning Handicap, and the International Women's Day Dolby Maiden, over 1,400. It's a huge card out there on Saturday, which is great. I'll be reporting live from Dolby on Saturday. But yeah, Doom and Wednesday, there's some nice horses resuming. There's some nice, nice horses Wednesday at Doom. And I'm looking forward to that meeting, actually. I'll be there. Um, Thursday, we'll pick the eyes out of them at Ippy. Friday, they're at Rocky, which is now known as an RDO. Um, the Eagle Farm, Saturday afternoon. Dolby, Saturday afternoon. And Gold Coast, Saturday afternoon. And we'll pick the eyes out of the Sunshine Coast Sunday. Peter, where are we betting on Thursday? Uh, yeah, because oh, I've got... My advice to anyone at home is... Um, very astute, like select service pistols. Get on board and get it. And if he bets anything on a Thursday, times up by three. <laughs> yeah, uh, tallied it up. And since we've been going through the, the service, running at just under eighty percent pot on Thursdays. So I'm not sure what that actually means, because it's very similar to a Wednesday and very similar to a Sunday. But uh, something about Thursdays goes well. Uh, Pinjara Wednesday, Albany is at Albany's Thursday, which is even even better. Geraldton Friday. Ascot Saturday, wow, wee. And there's actually York today as well, so uh, I'll jump into that straight after we finish up here. Oh, yeah. It might be a world record deep dive, boys. Yeah, it was a big one. 